You're listening to Band Geek with Richie Castellano on the Riotcast Network. Welcome to Band Geek. I'm Richie Castellano. Joining me this week is Andy Ascalise on the drums. Hello. My wife, Anne-Marie Castellano. Hey. Our lovely everything, everything to me, Brandy Metaxas. Oh, hello. Uh, on guitar and currently taking a leak, Andy Graziano. He's here, I swear. Oh, here he comes. I'm definitely not doing my Simpsons tapped out game real quick. <laughs> um, and our special, very special guest this week, and the title of this episode, Master Lane. Um, now, Lane Thompson. Lane Thompson's our special guest, and, and if I had to... Now, usually the people I get on the show are people that relate to me in some way. If I had to say what role Lane played in my life, it would be life coach. So my life coach, <laughs> Lane Thompson, is here today. And because um, Lane, I think Lane, you know, aside from my, my dad and my uncle, Lane really taught me what it means to be a man. <laughs> <laughs> With a few threats. <laughs> but um, let, me, let me tell you, oh, make sure you talk right into your microphone. Let me hear you talk. Let everybody hear your voice. Hello. There you go. Um, so I met Lane, when did you, when did I meet you? 22 years ago. Was that 93 or 94? What's 2016 take away 22? Uh, (laughs) Lane's muted in the headphone mixer. Oh, he is? Okay. No one can hear Lane. Yeah. I hear Lane. That's all that matters. Okay, talk again, Lane. Hello. Is that better? I can hear it. Okay, good. Um... Is anybody getting a calculator out because we can't do simple math like that? Ask Siri. How <laughs> I think old was, I think it was How 94. old was Richie? That's 94. 94. Yeah, 93, 94. Uh, my dad opened the store, in my father's music store in Staten Island called Castellano's House of Music. Um, oh, and, and before I get started, I have to give a special shout out to, uh, I'm sorry to go off the rails here for a second. Um, special shout out to John Johnston, super band geek fan John Johnston, made us this beautiful plaque because he didn't, because I'm quite offended actually. He didn't like my hand-drawn band geek sign back here in the videos, so he made his own, which is you know done with a CNC machine and much nicer than mine. Uh, thank you very much, John. It's it's very cool of you, and we appreciate it. Except we use the whiteboard because we change it from time to time. Yes, yeah. Sometimes it looks nice. Sometimes it doesn't. But thank you very much. When John. I do it, it looks very nice. It's, uh, it's right. And when uh, you do it, it looks like that. Like crap. Some Napoleon dynamite. <laughs> yeah. That's the aesthetic I'm going for, by yeah, the way. Your aesthetic has not changed since you were in the fourth grade. Since, since I knew Lane. Um, <laughs> but anyway, back to what I was saying. Um, my father opened up the music store um, and it's on Staten Island. It's called Castellano's House of Music. Um, and Lane came by 
like a year later after we opened, maybe? Like six months. Six months. I came and in for a job teaching. Okay. He hated me. Really? <laughs> yeah, he didn't like me. <laughs> but I called him every day. Really? <laughs> for about two weeks. And then he finally said, he goes, come in and teach my daughter, Lauren. Oh. Lauren was a little kid. My sister. Her, Michelle, and Andrea. Okay. Oh, they're, they're, they're buddies. And then we became like best friends being your father. And... Um, I bought him lunch one day. He goes, oh, you're my type of guy. <laughs> <laughs> that was the end of it. That's the truth, I swear. Um, That's the way the John Castellano's heart right there. Lane, um, I want to talk about before I knew you, too, because um, you lived sort of a nomadic lifestyle, didn't you? You Like, where are some of the places you've lived? Countries, states? Yeah. Colorado, Arizona, Alabama, Pennsylvania. Alabama? New Jersey, Birmingham. You still have all your teeth. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> Well, um, uh, why did you move around so much? Well, when my mother and father got divorced, my mother's just a nomad. She just took us all over the place. And I lived everywhere on Staten Island. Really? Everywhere. Um, when did you move to Staten Island? Were you born in Staten Island? I was born in Tucson, Arizona. Ah. I came here when I was about six weeks old. So you spent most, most of your time in Staten Island. Yeah. Now, you remember Staten Island when it was just a prairie, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Orange grove. When, <laughs> when men were men and sheep were afraid. One <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, of the, the interesting things is. When, when I, when <laughs> That's your life coaching right there. My right? life coach. Well, let me tell you some, some coaching, uh, <laughs> coaching stories. Of, of, um, when, I was, when I was like 14 years old, and and uh, Lane first met me. I wasn't a very nice kid, <laughs> and I sort of I I've mellowed out since. But um, Lane, one of the, I'm going to tell the story first because it's the best story. Um, one day I was at the store with Lane, and um, and I used to break Lane's balls, and he he took it because I was the boss's son. But <laughs> but no, um, no, you were a cute kid. It was funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I never yeah. got mad. But um, he he said, uh, oh, I gotta make a I gotta go pick something up uh, somewhere. He goes, you want to take a ride at me? I'm like, sure. So in the car, I got a double education. Because first of all, he was like, hey, do you know about the scorpions? I was like, no. I was like, I was like, I was like, yeah. Take me I that. to the magic. He goes, no, that's not the scorpions. That's the, that's the soft scorpions. That's the new scorpions. I'm going to show you the scorpions. Listen to this. And he's like, listen to Shanker. This is Shanker and the scorpions. Listen to that tone. It's the wah on half. That's how you get that tone, right? And I got all my, my scorpions education. And that's a sound I, I like a lot, the, the, like the yeah, half-cock wah. Yeah. And also, we, we drove me to Cadetor. I drove me down to the docks in Staten Island. He goes, see this? In Stapleton. See this? See these docks over here? When you're 18, I'm taking you here, and this is where you're getting your beaten. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I, I, was, I believed him. I was oh, genuinely yeah, afraid for the next four years that when I was 18, I was getting my ass beat. No, you were like, where are we over here for? I was like, this is where you're coming for your beat. <laughs> And the other thing, the other thing I learned from from Lane is um, how to do a proper pick slide. Because I think I did a pick slide once in the store, and you were like, "No, <laughs> look how Townsend does it. That's how you have to do the pick slide. <laughs> You're doing it wrong. No, you go. Can you explain to the band geek listeners? Because a lot of them are guitar players, and and you have the, the perfect guitar for it right now. You're pulling acoustic. <laughs> what to do a pick slide? Yeah, show, show the explain the proper way to do a pick slide. Hold on, let me see if I have a 
First step. <laughs> step step one. one. You can't, you you can't do it with the pointy side. You got to do it with the round side. Yeah. Ah. Or you could go the other way. Okay. <laughs> oh, step. step <laughs> Slow down a little bit. I'm taking notes here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, the other funny thing about about Lane is, um, see, I've known Lane for most of my life, and um, when I met Lane. He had long hair and is very much into Jimmy Page and said all the time, he goes, listen, you know what your, you know what your problem is? And he used, to, he used to scold me and Andy because me and Andy are, you're a year older than me. And we used to you know, have a band and hang out at the store and, and, and torment Lane. And Lane would say, listen, the problem with you kids is you like your effects and you got your, your guitars, your Ibanez. No. Jimmy Page, <laughs> Les Paul into a Marshall. That's it. You're done. <laughs> right? And... Used to have a beautiful Marshall and Les Paul, and then over the years, <laughs> over the years, Lane I'm James Taylor. It turned into Sarah McLaughlin. <laughs> no wait, wait, AJ had the song "Sensitive Lane." Yes. <laughs> Sensitive Lane. <laughs> and, and and my whole childhood, hearing about how if you want to be a real man, you need to have a Les Paul straight into a Marshall, no effects. And Lane sold his Les Paul. He sold his Marshall. So now hey, he has to you, show me how to do a pick slide on the acoustic guitar. <laughs> what the hell, man? I don't know. I don't know. Hey, Richie, you did have a Les Paul and a Marshall, right? <laughs> I just, you want me to tell the story on the show? Go, do it. Speaking of. I just, you know what? You're here too. Oh, this is perfect. Danny Graziano's here. Okay, this is perfect. I just told this story the other day. Um, I don't know why I was telling this story. Why was I telling this story? We were talking about instruments we used to have. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, okay, someone asked me, like, you know, wh- why did you get a music man? Like, what got you into that? And I said, um, oh, no, oh, yeah, that, that's a conversation we have. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, right, instruments my, yeah. my dad used to have. I said, I didn't, when I was 12, my dad got me my first g- good guitar. It was the John Lennon Rickenbacker. But then, that. like, two years later, I hit puberty, and that guitar was way too small. <laughs> so he used to have a tobacco sunburst uh, Gibson uh, Les Paul, Les Paul, Les Paul, sixty classic, and um, and when I outgrew the Rickenbacker, he's like, use my guitar. So that became my guitar. Every day, I would use it and and I'd play it. And I'd bring it to school with me, and that was like a great guitar. Had great pickups on it, beautiful guitar. And then um, one day I went to go grab it, <laughs> right, and it was gone. I was like, Dad, where's my guitar? He goes, I sold it. It's not your guitar. It's my guitar. I'm like, yeah, but what am I gonna play? He goes, we'll get your new guitar. All right, anyway, so I go to band practice that day, and Andy Cresciano has got my guitar. <laughs> he sold my guitar no, to the other guitar player in my band. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? You have my guitar? If I had known it was your guitar, you I, would... I might have said, like, oh, no, no. No, you knew it was guitar. my guitar. I was playing it in our band. <laughs> but this is before. <laughs> just, just sort of and, went and, into the store one day, and, and I was like, like, oh, this oh. place is kind of cool, whatever, whatever. You know, so we, we he sold, he took my there. guitar and sold it to the guitar player of my band. I and and, and he was probably like, "Oh, this is like Richie's guitar. This is <laughs> awesome. This is no, just like I the one Richie guitar." When we started, like I didn't, you didn't have that guitar. Like I think it was like before we started playing. Like, oh, okay. Like, it was, like oh, and then you the showed cusp. up with it one day, right <laughs> on the cusp like, there. That's my guitar. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that was it, great too because that was like I was in the the Blues Breakers kind of a. Yeah, me too. It was nice to have that guitar. I'm pretty sure I learned about that from you. You still guys. have that guitar? I still have it. It's it's not in pretty shape. Oh, that's right. 
Was it in the flood? No, it wasn't in the flood. I do. I definitely have a cracked neck, though. It's still oh, my favorite right. guitar of all time. I just like it's a pain in the ass. You like it because of the it. misery associated with <laughs> it. It's got real I pain. See, you can play the blues in that I can guitar. Hear, it's got real, real blues in that. I can hear the misery. tears. I can hear Richie's tears in it. That's why I keep it. I don't even like it's it. It's been finished by Jew, little Jew tears. My my little Jewish tears. <laughs> That's why you like it. Was that racist? No, no, I, no, no the only, okay. I'm, I'm half Jewish. Notice he only brings up the Jewish Must part when he's trying to get the guilt out of me. <laughs> yeah, he's a Jew of convenience. I was thinking of. I'm I was Italian. thinking I of. That game uh, this is terrible. I was thinking of Band Geek like merch that we could make. Like we have one that says Band Geek. One that says Your mix is whack. I'm like, what else do we say? Oh, here's a good shirt. Was that racist? Question mark. Like, put that on a T-shirt. Like, no, it wouldn't be a very good shirt. With Band Geek on the back. But you know what? That would probably increase our listenership a lot. You need a sensor. Yeah. <laughs> um. So anyway, back to Lane. <laughs> um, so when did you start playing? Well, I started playing drums when I was about five. Ah, I didn't know that. Yeah, and then my mother, and father got divorced, and we started moving all over the country. And you can't bring drums around with you. Yeah. So I started playing guitar. Um, and but I just fuddled around with it as a kid. You know what I mean? I was never too serious. And then I saw Led Zeppelin on TV. Yeah. I thought your first influence was Jimi Hendrix. I thought you said that. No. Oh, Led Zeppelin. No, because as a kid, when I was a kid, in the, early, in the 60s, the late 60s, early 70s, the Beatles were still popular. I liked all that stuff, but I liked just about anything. Mm-hmm. R&B. And I played a little, but then, I don't know, maybe 14 years old, I saw Led Zeppelin on television. And my life changed, and that was it. Really? Yeah. So Just, it, when it, I saw it, Jimmy Page play guitar, my whole life changed. It was always Page for you. It was, it was always, always been Page. Page. Now, when you, um, so the, okay, I'm gonna probably get a lot of shit for this, but um, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. We're listening. I'm not the biggest Led Zeppelin fan, um, and 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 to where now I can appreciate them. When I was a kid, I hated them. Wow. And which is why I remember. Busted, which is why <laughs> I busted your balls all the time. Why I took you to Stapleton. <laughs> That's where you're going to get your beating. So this was very funny when I first met Lane because he was all about Paige. And me being a little snotty 14-year-old like, that guy sucks. He can't play guitar. Yeah, you, you, you would lead the charge of the Paige's sloppy parade. <laughs> but you know what? Which is true. But. But, but you know what? Like I can't write that many great songs, you know. I haven't written a great song. <laughs> you know, he's written let so many great songs. Let alone many. Yeah, let alone many great songs. Listen, Paige is just one of those rare guys, you know. Well, here was, here was a funny thing. Um, I, when I was 14 years old, my favorite guitar player in the world was Nuno Betancourt. And I like idolized him. And, and I just tried to learn all the solos and I couldn't play him. And Lane told me, he goes, you should listen to whatever, W, whatever. Um, you know, they're doing an interview with Nuno tonight. So I'm at home, I'm listening to the radio, and Nuno's on talking. I'm like, yes, yes. And they ask Nuno, like, who's your favorite guitar player? He goes, Jimmy Page. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then as soon as that finished, I heard my phone ring. Like, Did you hear that? He said Page! <laughs> like, 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 was it me? I called him. Did you hear what he just said? He said guitar player is Page! He never listened to Extreme ever again. Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh, Jimmy Page. Nice. So you, and you play piano, too. I do. A little bit. I'm not a piano player. Well, where'd you? Were you I self-taught at piano, or huh? Did you take lessons, or you self-taught? I took some lessons, and you know, because I, you know, I know music, so I can figure things out. 
Now, I, I'm sort of like jumping in here without really giving much background, except for Lane's a guy I know. Uh, <clears throat> no, Lane is more than a guy I know. Lane actually, Lane, aside from managing my dad's store, Lane also worked with a lot of the singer-songwriters and helped sort of do like artist artist development. That's what you would do, right? That's basically when I became like James Taylor. <laughs> when, when Working with the... girls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Julia. You know, a 12-year-old girl. Well, Julia... Yeah, everything's acoustic. I became an acoustic. But I've always played acoustic because Jimmy Page always played acoustic. Well, that's a big part of like, the Led Zeppelin guitar. sound is acoustic instruments. Absolutely. Um, so, who was the first like you know singer songwriter student you worked with? Brianna, bottom up. Does she still play? A little bit. She's a school She's teacher, a teacher now. Yeah. Oh, okay. She's like way into it. Dude. So there's Brianna. There's um, Casey, who's my second cousin. She's or, your second cousin. And um, yeah, Casey Velasquez. On what side? On my dad's side. Okay. No um, yeah, she's Gerard's granddaughter. My cousin, my dad's first cousin's granddaughter. So. so does she have stuff online that you did with her that you could check? You, could check you know out? what? She took it off for some reason. There's a couple of things, but I don't know. She was having... Pro- I don't know the whole story. All right. So, I'd, I'd rather not say but, it. I don't but know. the other person you worked with was Julia Gargano, Julia. and she is online. You could check that She's out. She's online. Julia's doing good. And then Julia and Casey became friends, and they were like a duo. Yeah. They were awesome together. Well, um, Casey and Julia are very, very talented, and they were students of the store, and Lane sort of um, guided them. And... And the thing about, I noticed from teaching, now, I've taught, Andy, you've taught, Anne-Marie's taught, Lane, you've taught. Um, The thing about teaching, uh, and I noticed about teenage girls, it's like when you get them, when they're like 12, they're really, really into it. And they play better than the boys because their their learning capacity is better, their their, um, hand-eye coordination is better, the motor skills are better than the boys. And they're more emotionally in touch with things. Yeah, and, and they could do it. But then... When they hit puberty, when they turn like 15 and boys start taking interest in them, they stop. That's what I noticed. Like I had like these great guitar players and bass players who just shredded, right? And then as soon as like they got a boyfriend, they they stopped because like they didn't want to like emasculate the boy by being a better guitar player than them. You hear that, girls? Yeah, don't stop. Don't stop. Emasculate those guys. Yeah, screw them. Well, don't screw them, but like, you know, emasculate them. Julia or Casey, and for another matter, is Samantha. Mm Mm-hmm. Who's also awesome. Samantha sings with my dad's band, Samantha yeah, and Samantha Frank. writes awesome songs, and Samantha plays guitar really good. Yeah. But, don't so, be but the thing is... Like, now, how, did you, how do you deal with that Like when you have... I mean, I don't know if, if the, the girls you were working with ever experienced that, where they sort of like lost interest. It's not... You know what happens with them? And it happened to... How can I explain it? Like, they're so creative... They don't want to practice. Everything is right in a song. And I would say, listen, you have to take an hour at least and put creativity aside and try to learn new things so you can write better songs. Mm -hmm. They don't want to hear it. After a while, you know, Julia's pumping out 10 songs a day. I'm like, Julia, go practice scales. Yeah, all right. (laughs) (laughs) Now, you also recorded with them. Tons of stuff, yeah. With your friend Mike. Mike Karosha. And do you want to uh, give him a plug for his studio? Uh, Sub Studios, Mike Karosha. Yeah. Big shout out, Mike. <laughs> Very talented, multi-instrumentalist. Absolutely. Mike is gifted. Yep. Mike, world-class bass player. Great fucking jo- Everything. He's just good at everything. Now, um, how old are you? I'll be 53 Saturday. Now, as a man in his 50s, Happy how is, how do you find producing a girl who's like 16? Uh, is it is it strange? 
I'm sorry. Happy birthday. Thank Everybody you. wants happy, to say happy, happy birthday. birthday. Actually, I've been, I've been doing it like Julia was eight when we started. I have videos of Julia in the studio, eight years old. Nah, that's easy. I remember Julia, because uh, I subbed a lesson. She was this eight-year-old like tomboy who had a voice like this. <laughs> like, like Gina. I don't sing. I play drums. I don't sing. I play a little piano and guitar maybe, but I, 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 don't, play, I don't sing. I play drums, right? I write songs. Let's get someone else to sing this song, right? And then like all of a sudden she started singing and she developed this like angelic perfect voice, <laughs> which, which is ridiculous. I used to teach her brother. Oh, oh yeah. Oh wait, no, no, wait. Omar taught her brother, Frankie. Frankie, and I taught the the friend Sean. Sean Olson. So I'm Olson. The yeah. two of them together were the hilarious. These two little kids. They're like, what, what do we used to call them? The uh, I don't something, something. It's probably not nice enough to say on the show. Let's just let's just say <laughs> the punks or something. The Whatever punks. it was, it was yes, funny. But these the two punks. little tiny little kids like playing rock music. So, Julia Julia's been at it for a long time, and I'll tell you something too. Casey. Casey came later, because I know Casey's parents. Very well. And they, were, they came to me. Casey was 12. And they were like, well, our daughter's talented. So Casey came. And this is the only time this ever happened. Like two guitar lessons in. And I said, here. Here's a G chord. And so you had 9 to D and an E minor. Taylor Swift does those. Casey came back the next week with a, a remarkable song. Completely done. She's unbelievable. Casey is unbelievable. They oh. all are in their own way. So you can check out Julia now. Just go into uh, go to YouTube Julia Gargano, and I hope that Casey put some music up there. So she might have some up there, she, right? She did. She took it off for some reason. I'm not huh. quite sure. Well, that's Casey K A C E Y Velasquez. So yeah. check that out. And Julia Gargano, who she also <clears throat> sings with, uh, uh, John Pizzarelli. Julia. Really? I had no idea. Yeah, yeah. She's. I'm out of it. She's. I mean, she's. She's the background singer. But, uh, like he did uh, Seven Nights at. Uh, Birdland. Mm -hmm. She's his. She's his background singer. He did wow. all, all Beatles. Yeah. Nice. So, and, uh, so, um, <clears throat> did you have? Did you have any? Um, you went to music college, right? CSI. Where, where'd you? Uh, so, how, what was that like? <clears throat> I mean, Emery went there too. <laughs> you know what it is, but I worked. For, I worked for a doctor of music before that. Yeah, Doctor Trogan. Doctor Trogan. I don't like to say it. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Sorry. But by the time I got to college, I kind of knew it all. I'm not trying to sound like an idiot, but I kind of knew it. So it was kind of easy. Um, do, but I did learn things at college. Don't get me wrong. But it was nice. It was fun. Do you, do you still write songs a lot? I try. The older you get, the harder it is. Yeah. I'm so dry. Now, are you, are you more in like invested in just in developing the, the songs of your students? That's what happened. You know, I've become so deep into what other people do. <clears throat> I kind of stopped doing my thing. And now that Julia's older, uh, Casey. Casey's older, and Samantha's older, I'm trying to get back and figure out what I do again, whatever it is. Now, when you, now who's your favorite songwriters? Aside from, we just said Paige, obviously. Carol King. Carol King. Of course. Paul McCartney. You know, the usual. What about uh, Gillian Welsh? I love Gillian Welsh. Townsend! Townsend! <laughs> Pete, <laughs> <laughs> we're on the first day. Listen, my two favorite bands of all time are by by without any hesitation is the Who and Led Zeppelin. See, another thing I got an education on from Lane as a young lad <laughs> was Townsend. I said, "Oh, the, he said, Rich, you're listening to the Who, you know." I was like, "Well, I like the Beatles. The Beatles are great, but you also got to listen to the Who." <laughs> he goes, "You don't understand. You got to go see them live, and then you'll understand." <laughs> That's true. You don't understand. I, so I saw them live. 
And I was like, I get it. I totally get it. But I said, I made the mistake of saying one thing to him once. He goes, do you like, he asked me if I like Townsend. I was like, yeah, Townsend's a great rhythm guitar player. He goes, no. <laughs> Townsend's a great guitar player, period. <laughs> not a great rhythm guitar player. You know what? I remember one thing Richie said to me. The 9-11 concert. You ever watch that? Yeah. It's a well-documented fact that when The Who came out, they took that whole thing to another place. Richie came to me the next day. He goes, I'm now a Who fan. <laughs> the Who was great I'm on I'm going to have to watch that because I don't, I don't think I've seen it. It was good. Everybody was great. But The Who just came out and tore the garden they down. Just, they, what the, the thing is, it's hard, it's, it's hard to be better than The Who at the garden. Because like they, they have that, venue, that size venue down. Like Their music is just... Like f- their act is just fine tuned for that venue. I-, I loved I loved the Who when I saw them; they were great. Uh, was but Ed we're... Whistle still with them? Who? Ed Whistle? He's, no, yeah, he's dead. <laughs> and... No, but I don't no know. when he saw him. Oh, I thought you said is he still with them? No, no, no. <laughs> no well, no, it was Pino Palladino uh, and, and Ringo's son, uh, Zach Starkey. He's on drums. the best drummer they've had. I seen them with <clears throat> what's his name? Uh, Simon si- Phillips. Simon Phillips, who was great. Kenny Jones. Kenny Jones. They were good. Kenny but... Baker, R2D2. No. <laughs> beep, boop, boop, boop. But Zach Stock is no. The Kenny best Jones guy. plays all the synthesizer parts in the middle of all those songs. <laughs> so you want to play the Who? Yeah, let's play a Who song right now. Um, I'm gonna put a disclaimer on this because I'm gonna sing and play this, and I can't play like Ant Whistle and sing like Daltrey. So I'm, instead of doing both of them well, I'm going to do neither of them well at the same time. But both. At the same time, I'm gonna do both of them. The Who will call this both the Why. <laughs> if you think about Led Zeppelin and the Who, they both Which have you singers do frequently. That are extremely, <laughs> right? I mean, unique voices. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, so we're gonna do Squeeze Box because, because he has an acoustic guitar. Because <laughs> Lane is holding, a, he did bring an electric with him. I think his electrics are all in storage. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Poor lady. It's, it's, like, it's like a roast. It's like a roast today. All right. So we're going to do squeeze box. Wait, it's even, wait, let me just say something. It's even worse because when I do play an electric, I put on a strap. My friends come up. They're like, where's the Les Pauls? I'm like, I don't even have one anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Here we go. Uh, shit. Okay. Gets no rest Cause she's playing all night 
and squeeze me Come on and tease me like you do I'm so in love with you Mama's got a squeeze box Daddy never sleeps at night Sped up a little was bit. But what are you fast? gonna do? Eh, um, that was fast, yeah. But yeah, I don't want to do it again because I can't sing it again. So that's that. And I hope everybody enjoyed that one take rendition of Squeeze Box. Uh, so, aside from being a uh, local, well, oh, another thing I wanted to ask you because I just reminded myself and I almost forgot before I made the joke about Staten Island being a prairie. <laughs> um, you were what was Staten Island like? Now, did you live here in the '80s? What was the club scene like here in the 80s? You could go out on a Wednesday night, like to Lemoore's. Right. To see Profit, say. There'd be 2,000 people in there. Then you'd leave, you'd cut to Staten Island, go to the Rock Palace, it'd be jam-packed with hundreds of people. There were people everywhere. Now, would you go out every night to go see music? We were out all the time. And and you played too, right? Yeah. Because a lot of people know you when they come in and say, oh, I remember seeing you play, and you had the Les Paul, and you, or you had the... The um, Flying V. The Flying V. You have a Not co- a modern, a flying V. <laughs> you have an original Karina flying V, right? Well, it's a, it's a reissue. It's not an original. The originals are from 57, which like costs about $300,000. Wow. Yeah, I don't. I have a, but I have a, the reissue. Um, so is that like your main electric now when you play, or you, or you, like, you like the Strat now? Yeah, I play Strat. <laughs> don't, 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 don't embarrass. <laughs> and I have a beautiful Strat. Gretchen father gave me that I, you know, when I'm sitting at home finger picking. Right. Hey, Pete oh, Townsend plays a strat. Can you pl- oh, can you play the thing you always play in the store right now? Which one? <laughs> the thing uh, all the teachers make fun the of. The one you they make play- fun of me for. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the foots are tapping. This week on this old house, we're gonna build. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's for Omar. <laughs> we have a teacher named Omar, um, who is actually, and this is a great segue. Um, Omar is. Is in Tiger's Fang. If so, if Band Geek fans, if you haven't seen the Tiger's Fang movies, what the hell are you doing? This is like my big thing that I spend all this time on. Watch <laughs> Tiger's Fang, please. All of Blue Oyster Cult's in it. You've, you've spent <laughs> more time on Tiger's I, Fang than you have on 68, uh, 90 it. episodes. That's of right. Band what? Bucking? Yeah, he's just, uh, Buck's in the most recent episode. Okay. He plays Master Don Katsu. <laughs> 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 oh, sorry, Lord Don Katsu. Uh, Udon Katsu? Udon, no, Don Katsu means chicken cutlet. <laughs> well, all of our names in Tiger's Fang are food, um, except for Lane, because Lane is... Here's the thing. Um, <clears throat> Lane's in Tiger's Fang, and basically when we did Tiger's Fang, and for those of you who are just joining me and have no idea what I'm talking about, Tiger's Fang is a, a 
is like my hobby project, my video project that I did. It's an amateur kung fu comedy series. There are 10 movies in the series. Um, it started off with very poorly with me and a couple friends in my backyard doing bad chop sake on each other. And then it evolved to get <laughs> each one got much, much more intricate. And then you showed and, some people that and we were like, no, you need to do this. Like, yeah, ex- real. exactly. Are you? Do I have you, Andy? Talk. Yeah. Hey, what's up? How's there it going? It's kind of quiet. I'm here. <laughs> Uh, he's just a quiet person. He's just a quiet guy. Um, but the thing is, when Lane, Lane, I, I think there would be no boys of. No, well, no, I was going to get no into Tiger's that. Tiger's Fang without Lane. No, well, when I started doing Tiger's Fang, story. I didn't. I didn't do it as. A, I didn't do it as a, as a series. I did it just as a goof with my yeah. friends. And then we, as we started doing more and more, I'm like, wait a minute. Lane basically wrote his own character. I don't have to. I don't have to do anything. What ha- What happened is Lane would teach a student, and this little kid would come up. And Lane would go to this little kid, poison bomb! And he would, like, grab the kid's <laughs> chest. Right? He goes, I just ripped your heart out and showed it to you. you poison bomb! Right? So I'm like, that's his character. He's a teacher who rips people's hearts out and shows them to them. Right? And by the... Which Tiger's Fang? You're in, like, number six or something like that? I think six and seven. Yeah. Well, five, so seven. what happens in the story of Tiger's Fang is I get... Um, Spoiler I get... Yeah, spoiler alert. Skip, skip forward if you want to have this, this key plot piece spoiled. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Damien and Omar wear Elvis glasses. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, uh, I get um, stabbed, and Steve, my buddy, uh, whose, name, who, whose name in the, uh, in the movie is So Mai, because his last name is Corn, and So Mai is Corn in, in Cantonese, I think, or something, or Mandarin. I don't know. Which is one. that what that is? Yeah. I didn't even know that. It's nice that you don't. My even name know, is Lichi because it sounds Lee-chi. like Richie, but also means to eat. So, <laughs> I didn't even know. All really? That. Yeah. My dad's name was Charcy Vao, which I didn't even means, know you had a means name, pork bun. I don't even have a name. My name is Teacher's daughter. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know. Well, that's what happens. Uh, but anyway, that's what happens when you're a female exactly. in the Tiger's Fang. Exactly. Um, so when we so we bring we bring my friend Steve brings my character to the monastery where the. Uh, the, the Buddhist Shaolin monks are going to to, to to heal us. And we dressed Lane up with, like, we put the dots on his head, like Shaolin Master Killer. And because he's Lane has a shaved head. So it, he was he looked perfect. And he was great in the movie. And Lane, you used to do martial arts, too. I did when I was younger, yeah. And um, Lane was amazing. But the climax of that episode is we actually do Lane's fictitious poison. Wait, did you, did you just make that up, Poison Pump? Yeah, I just, I don't know. I just did. <laughs> It's is this, like an is this your claim to fame now, Poison <laughs> Listen, I go, Trademark, listen, three TM. times I've been out. I was at a wedding. I was online for the food. I heard a guy go, that's the guy from the Kung Fu movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I was like, yeah, I'm being recognized. <laughs> that is fantastic. So, so, so the thing is, we had to do like digital technology to get that shot. <laughs> I remember like, that, yeah. We like we 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 significantly stepped up our uh, our game. We like we we bought a fake heart, we covered it in, in fake blood, and we well, it was not, well as, as opposed Corn to a real heart and real blood, we took right, a fake yeah, one. Yeah. We put it on the stand. You mean that wasn't and real? Now the magic is shattered. I'm yeah. sorry. And that we, wasn't and we, real. And we did like a three D animation thing. Yeah, we had a uh, a music stand. Yeah, we had a music stand. I pulled it off. Music stand. And and poor AJ, who's another guy who works at my dad's store, Lane. Dehearted him and showed him it, and then it had and, to be AJ. And the thing is, it looks so cheese, but it's so great because you're doing it, and you're the inventor of poison pump. And then there's a, no, more spoilers. 
later on, and, and the, the, the poison bomb scene revolves around Lane showing us the secret technique of the monks, which is the poison bomb technique. And then later on, I'm in a fight in a big barroom brawl, and I try to do it, and I fail, right? <laughs> and I showed, it to, I showed that video to Lane. He goes, you know why you couldn't do that? Because you didn't believe. <laughs> Full <laughs> not believing, man. Well, here's here's a good, here's another good story to tag out to that one. Um, me, Anne Marie, my, my buddy Damien, and Steve, like the whole Tigers fan crew, we went on vacation to Japan together. And one of the activities we did is uh, we went to get sword uh, samurai sword lessons from one of the stunt choreographers from Kill Bill. Guy name was guy's name is Tetsuro Shimaguchi. He didn't do he didn't do the uh, Wu Ping stuff, but he did the sword fight between um, Lucy, Lucy Liu and Uma Thurman. That's him. That's his scene that he did. And he's also in the movie. So we're taking you know we're taking sword lessons with him, and he and we're, we must have been catching on quick. He goes, you know, do you have training? I'm like, yeah, we're all kung fu students. He goes, oh, I said, and you know what? If you don't mind, I'd like to show you. A part of a movie we worked on. Wow. He goes, oh, you, he goes, you make movies. And he took very broken English, and I don't want to do a stereotype Japanese thing. I don't want to... Muff's not here. Yeah, Muff's gonna, not here to do gonna it. You're going to do it anyway. Um, you're going to just drift right into it. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to drift right into it. <laughs> Give me the beat, boy. You <laughs> So I showed him that scene, and and you came on the, you came on the screen, and he goes, oh, master. Right? He said, that's what he said. Doesn't speak English, right? And then, it's the and, and, then and then you, you did the poison palm. You went, ooh! <laughs> it was just like it was completely blown away by the poison palm. So you're an international star. There you go. Oh, and by the way, I think I sold poison palm T-shirts to people in Italy. That's how you made poison. In France, it's, I, I remember we were playing in France. I should get a poison palm. I, I, yeah. Hey, yeah, yeah, no, you know, that was in, that was in, but there was an Italian guy, this guy Chris Carloni. Chris I hope Carlo- he's listening. I love that guy from from Turin, and and he was yelling at me like he was hanging off a balcony in a gig we were playing. Fritz going, Tiger's Fang! Tiger's Fang! I'm like, yes, we've gone global. Um, so yeah, so Lane, um, as <laughs> great as a musician you will be, you will never be, you will never get out of the shadow of your your role. Yeah. I've been recognized like literally three times from the movie. You know what? Talking to you makes me want to do more of them. But sitting here in my studio looking at my screen makes me not want to do more of them. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's very work intensive because um, as like, I've gotten better at video production, I can't get away with the crap that I used to get away with. Like, ah, that looks fine. Move on. Like, I, it just bothers me. But I think I might do like a Kickstarter or something eventually for Tiger's Fang. Here's a problem. What most people say to me. The reason you have to finish is because... When they, the one where Damien beats me, everybody thinks it's so unbelievable <laughs> that it could never be. So it's got to be reconciled. And that's I the felt reason. bad because after that movie, like we were on a roll, and well, here's really what happened. I was just completely into that, and I was doing that, you know, like Tiger's Fang, Tiger's Fang, Tiger's Fang, and I wasn't doing music anymore. I know it's a lot of work, it and I, but I was I was enjoying it because it was a lot of fun, and I liked it because it wasn't music. But the thing is, Tiger's Fang is weeks and weeks of work and then you get maybe 600 700 views on a video and then like i I did like i did the abc video the the jackson five cover and that was like boom fifty thousand views i'm like uh, maybe i should stick to music (laughs) (laughs) people who make actual movies the work they have to put into Mm -hmm. it it's it's unbelievable yeah but which is uh, just to veer off topic for a second going on that like all that time and everything, and the best you could come up with was 
Fucking Jar Jar Binks. Oh, stop that. What are you doing? Why are you doing that? Why you got to break balls? Oh, let, were you there? Were, were, Andy, I, I know you were heckling us last week on the Q&A episode. Oh, Did you? be too bad. Were you, were you there when the person asked me like what my least favorite Star Wars characters were? I think so, yeah. And I didn't say Jar Jar, and I was like, what? Why did you say Jar Jar? It was funny, because all your favorites were like first... Prequel one, ones? Two, three, yeah. I was like, what is this? Yeah. Okay, I don't want to get. I don't want to have a nerd conversation for Elaine. It's embarrassing. Listen, I have a little kid I teach. He's like yeah. ten. Mm-hmm. If you brought him in, he knows every everything about Star Wars. You're oh, kidding. really? You cannot say nothing. He doesn't know. We every need to put him thing. before the committee. Yes. Everything. Bring him to us. You, you can test him. Get Damien. A little student game knows every everything. Yeah, we we'll have to. We'll, we'll see. You know what he nicknamed? We what? nicknamed Omar. Me and him. What? Omjaw Binks Hurry. <laughs> <laughs> um, Omar, if you don't know, Omar Chowdhury is the uh, main goon, uh, the head of the Tiger's Fang goons in Tiger's Fang 2, the one with Amory. So, oh, Tiger's Fang 2, the one with Amory. Yes. I like that one. The only one with Amory. Really? Well, I have this is whole it? sequence planned for you. What? You're only in one episode? No, I she's think in that's all the best fight scene bit. of the, all the movies. I, I'm like a sort of ninja. Yes, ninja? No, I meant, I meant ninja. Tisha's daughter, not, not your secret. That's not really how you All right, you know ninja. what? Let, here's a, we're going to have a writing campaign. Folks, if you really like Tiger's Fang and uh, you want us to make another one, please put on Facebook or Twitter, uh, like, hashtag Kickstarter Tiger's Fang. And that, that's all I'll know if you want me to do it. Oh, also, while we're making plugs, uh, if you want to support the Van Geek Podcast, please do so by using our Amazon link. What you do is you go to riotcast.com slash bandgeek, and at the top of the page, you'll see an Amazon banner. Just click that banner, and that brings you to your normal Amazon page. You do your shopping like you normally would, but then when you check out, a small percentage of your purchase goes to supporting our show, and it doesn't cost you anything extra, and it helps us out greatly. Or, if you don't like buying stuff on Amazon, and you just want to give us money, uh, go to richiecastellano.com slash tipjar, one word. And uh, and you could do it that way. And we got some really great donations. And I actually I need to give a shout out um, to someone who just gave us an excellent do- donation. And I'm forgetting his name. Ooh, an excellent donation. No, it was should... it was it was a very generous donation. There were nice people. Have, like, there were nice people donation. in the world. The, yeah. Well, this guy he 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 said you know it's just I wanted to because he just got into the show. And he's like been catching up, and it, that's the reaction I get from a lot of people who discover the show. Mm-hmm. And now that we're eighty something episodes in, they're like, "I didn't know about this," and they binge listen to it, and they're like, "This oh, is jealous of them." Oh, I know who you're talking about. Oh, his name is Rob Crossland. He's from England, and I just want to thank him, Rob Crossland. You're, Yay, you're, Rob. You're, you're Rob. Hi, Rob. Can you thank Kelly him? Kelly Ho. Thank you, very English generous accent. donation. Thank you, in an English accent. Yeah. Thank you. With my English accent, it's horrible. That's, that's horrible. I always, re- I could do it a good English cheers, accent, mate. but not I always, I always. Yeah, re- tell him re- cheers. Cheers, mate. Cheers. No, you sound Australian. I sound Australian now. Sorry. <laughs> Governor. You Governor. call that a noise? You call that a noise? It's a noise. Whatever. Thank you. See, you played I can actually do a good English accent. 
No, uh, cheers. Seriously. So, cheers yeah. to our English fans. So, so yeah. If you want to support the the bad, the Bad Geek Podcast, that's how you do it. If you want to see Tiger's Fang continued, well, you have to pay for it. So and please, <laughs> please support us. We have negative budget, but I do have three giant Tupperwares full of like assorted hands and blood and Elvis glasses. Well, you know what's funny about that? Um, the other day, m- me and my friend Tony were playing another Artemis game, and we made like a little video for our friends, like a little just a private video. And he said, oh, we need costumes. I said, don't worry about it. I got like a jug of costumes from that. We have three Tupperwares of costumes and an entire dresser full of costumes. That's right. This is, this is how we roll here in the so, Castellano house. If I you think, do make another one, I'd like to be goon number three. Would you? Possible. Okay. Will you, win, will in you game, win any so. of them? No. I'm surprised. I probably invited oh, you and you just didn't want to do it. You're already bald. Did I never invite you? Why would I not? I feel like you have to have an English <laughs> accent now, Well, I feel though. bad now. Now I have to do You have to be like an English, like... They just villain. don't speak. Oh, it's, it's, much beard, yeah. be, it's much more fun to like have an obnoxious English accent. Like, oh, go nah. you know, The like, problem with Tiger's Fang is that people do that don't too. realize it's their 12-hour days. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, it's it, a lot. It's Dude, really I almost died after that. The Tiger's Fang 2 shoot. Do you remember that? Yeah. When I just sat and I ate like three bags of cheese doodles and it was just like, eh. Speaking of eating, I'm very hungry and I'm going to wrap this show up. Wasn't the monk scene like 100 degree weather? Oh, well, I told that story. Your father went fishing and, and had like a salmon in the back of his car. And he said, oh, I'm just going to do this scene really quick. And he was there for nine hours. And it was like 102 out. And the fish cooked in his trunk. And then we ate the great. salmon. At that point, you have to just throw your car out. <laughs> yeah, no coming back from that one. And so, he caught a Lane, salmon we on, stop, on, off of Staten Island. Imagine that. Is there anything else you want to mention or plug or talk about? Do we, we get all the good stuff? Did I miss anything? No, you got it all. Are, are you are you pleased? <laughs> That's about my whole life. Right have you there. had a good a good experience on the show? I did. Thank you very much. Oh, we have Thank a you for being here. And in honor of you, we're going to do the second Led Zeppelin song we've ever done. The first one we did was Stairway to Heaven as like a goof. Oh, I too. Yeah, and you were there with that. Was and that now we're going list? to do. Oh, you did Stairway to Heaven. I saw that. Yeah, Page. Um, and now we're going to do Babe. I'm going to leave you. Page with some Page. We're going to leave you. With Babe, I'm going to leave you. And because Paige is so epic, we need two guitar players to do one page. (laughs) (laughs) This is... uh... And and, yeah, so I I covered everything I got. Townsend, Shanker, and Paige. Who else is there? Shanker, well... That's it? Joan Baez. (laughs) Gillian Welsh. There we go. All right. This uh, is uh, Babe, I'm leaving. I must be on my way. (laughs) The time is drawing Babe, I'm leaving! All right, anyway, this is actually originally, I oh, think, I think it was originally done by Joan Baez, I think. Really? She didn't write it. Somebody else wrote it. Sorry, oh, so this is a cover? <laughs> Babe, I'm Gonna Leave you is an old song, but I think it was originally by Joan Baez. Huh. Huh. So this is not even a Led Zeppelin song. No. Lame. It's just a song. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Anyway, so I we're mean, gonna... they didn't do it. You gotta hear it. They do it like, yo, Babe. <laughs> you know, folky. <laughs> well, actually, Joan Baez is folky with like an opera voice. You know? should have done that version. Well, I don't know. Yeah, well, we, we definitely goofed. Yeah. All right, so we're going to do this song now. I want to thank our guest, Lane Thompson. Thank you. Yay! Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for hanging out with us and, and enduring your mini roasts. <laughs> I can take it. Uh, joining us today, well, you're going to hear Andy Ascalise on the drums. Yes! Andy Graziano on the lead guitar. Anne-Marie Castellano on lead vocals. Hey, what's up? Lane Thompson on acoustical guitar. Ow. He's a good guy, but... <laughs> and we're going to end our lovely... Play him off, Lane. <laughs> and Brandy Metaxas joining us in the background. 
lovely Yay! enchanting. Yay! I'm Richie Castellano. Thanks for listening. Here's the tune. See you next time.
to have you back again. I know that one day, baby, yeah, it's really gonna go. Yes, it is. We're gonna go walking through the park every day. That's when it's calling me.